Have you dreamed of bigger things for your life? Then you are in the right place. Each week, you will be given tips on how to change your inner dialogue, conquer your goals, and ways to step into a higher version of yourself. I'm your host, Lauren Kubat. I'm a motivational speaker who hosts personal development events. I'm a sought-after fitness instructor, a wife, and a mom of two young boys. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, and I believe anyone can achieve the life they want. Let the Become Your Vision podcast be the inspiration you need to step into greater things. Now let's go. Hi, welcome back to the show. So today you are going to hear all about Emily Castle and her journey. And honestly, I didn't know that I would connect to her as much as I did, honestly. Um, She was somebody that I found on Instagram. And there were a few things that I was like, ooh, that's really good. And that resonates with me. And then as soon as we started chatting, we actually talked for 15 minutes before I even press record on uh, the podcast because we just jived right away on so many things. She is totally cool, totally real. I think you're going to get so much insight from her. Um, She sparks something in everyone. What I mean by this is you may not be thinking about starting a business right now. That might be too outlandish of an idea to be like, ooh, I could be a business owner. You might just be on the beginning of your personal development journey. Totally cool. But, but there is this possibility for you. Even if today's episode plants a seed for you, I think this episode will do its justice. So I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. Make sure you screenshot it and share and tag Emily Castle Official and myself on Instagram. All that stuff is in the show notes. And like always, your reviews are much appreciated. And the show is free to listen to. So it's like a little token back, a little payback, I guess, uh, when I read a review. Like, oh, I have followers that are listening and tuning in every week. So All right, let's get to the show. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have Emily Castle. She is a soulful business plus leadership coach for women entrepreneurs, podcast host, published author, international retreat leader, and champion of all women. With a background in positive psychology, sustainability, and spirituality, Emily's coaching approach marries the soul and strategy needed for women to build a thriving and sustainable business in today's world. Emily is devoted to helping women launch, grow, and scale the businesses their souls came here to create while making the impact and income that changes our world. Emily believes that when women embrace and express their deepest callings and become the leaders of their lives and businesses, we create a more liberated and limitless future for ourselves, each other, and our world. Emily has been featured on Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow, with Wits, with Whitney Port, and the Priestess podcast with Julie Parker. Her work has been featured in the Huffington Post that the Atlantic and Skirt Charleston. She published her first motivational journey journal words are hard today, people with Rockridge (laughs) press in July, 2021, and is working on a forthcoming journal that will be available December 21st. Welcome to the show, Emily. 
Hi. Thank you for having me. You have such like a great podcast radio host voice. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know, I've worked all my life for this. No, <laughs> just discovered this about a year ago when I, um, when I started, but it's, it's been fun. Ah, podcasting is so fun. I so love it. Fun. So, um, okay. Your, the things that you have accomplished are, are amazing. So before we hit uh, record, we're, we're chatting, but if you're not familiar, one of the things I must feel like I'm a celebrity whore. Like I love (laughs) reality TV and show. Yes. So good. And then I was like, wait, with wit, with Whitney port. Now, if you are like in your late twenties, early thirties, you're probably familiar with, uh, the Hills. That was like, Oh my gosh, so good to binge watch on um, MTV. But Whitney Port was uh, best friends with Lauren Conrad on The Hills. Then she had her own like spinoff show. Can we talk about that and how like you you were working with her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, well, I guess I'll like wind it back a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Last, I guess maybe like 2019, fall of 2019, I started thinking like, I really like, I need to make my love of reality TV benefit me and my business in some way, because I really do love it. And I feel like there aren't, there are all these reality people who have amazing podcasts that I listen to religiously. And I know that they're into these kinds of topics and things that I could share with their audiences. And I know they have really large audiences of women who may be interested in starting a business right now, or who are entrepreneurs trying to figure out a side hustle, whatever. So I felt like, well, that would be a way that I could be of service, get my mission out there and let more people know that I'm available to serve them. Yeah. And I also just like really love Caitlin Bristow's podcast off the vine. And, Mm. you know, she's an entrepreneur herself. She has a wine business and a, Mm. an accessories company and also has a podcast and like a personal brand and does lots of things. And she's now host of, um, the bachelorette co-host with Tasha, if you're a bachelor person. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, when we're doing this, I am like, she sounds full, uh, so familiar. Yeah. I'm going I'm to look her up. Yeah. I'm okay. sure you would know her <laughs> if you saw her or something, but yeah. so yeah, she, so I reached out to her podcast team and said, Hey, I'd love to be on the show. I'm a vino, which is what she calls her listeners of off the vine. Um, and I just kind of like pitched myself and it was a cold pitch. There was nothing special about it. I don't think I was just really clear about like, this is what I would love to share. Um, I love the show. I listen every week, et cetera. Um, And I'd love to support however I can let me know if I can be of service in this way. And they wrote back and were like, yeah, absolutely. And at the time they were recording in person and I was like, okay, I have to go to Nashville, which is great. I love Nashville. I would go anyway. And so they got back to me and we're like, yeah, so January, like, could you come to Nashville and record? And I was like, sure. So yeah, that happened. And then it came out, like I recorded in January and it came out in mid February of 2020. And yeah, it was it was awesome. It was such an experience. I was so nervous. We were like drinking her 
new rosé together behind the mics. And I was like, this is so weird and surreal because it was something that was part of my vision for a while. And then from that, I was like, well, now that I've been on a bigger podcast, I could probably use this to leverage and say like, Hey, here's something that I've, I've done. And Mm -hmm. would you like to have me on? So Mm -hmm. I pitched um, Whitney Port's team. They said yes. And we got it on the calendar for like August or something of 2020. Um, And then when we were having that interview, she was like, you know what? I really need this. Like I'm, I'm feeling a little uninspired or like a little bit stagnant. I would really love to work with you. So that's kind of how it happened. Um, yeah. Very like organic, nothing, yeah, very organic, nothing like crazy, just very authentic. I think yeah. is kind of how it, it rolled out, but just wanting to be of service to more people and getting creative about how that happened, because I felt like I know this world and also I know this world. So like, how can I mesh them together? Um, yeah. That's amazing. I feel like too, like we, there's so much fear behind like reaching out to somebody. Like, is there going to be, um, you know, are they going to deny me? Are they Mm -hmm. going to think I'm, I don't know, like (laughs) sometimes like a stage five clinger, if like you keep like reaching out, like, ah, you know, I see that you, you know, um, you were thinking about this and I haven't heard from you or whatever you touch base, but I feel like that shows your tenacity. And I feel like I've met the coolest people, um, from sliding into somebody's DM, you know, like, or Mm -hmm. just like reaching out like you, for example, I've seen you on social media and, um, you and, uh, Gervais are friends and I've had her on the podcast and I'm like, I see something in someone I'm like, Oh, that resonates with me. Like, I think my listeners would benefit from this as well. And it's like, if you reach out to somebody's team or you, um, slide into their DMS, if they don't reply, they don't reply. There's no fear in that, you know, mm-hmm. or, I mean, there's no shame, shame in that where you're not work. It doesn't make you unworthy or, um, like inadequate. If they don't reply, a lot of people get busy too. They see something and they don't reply. Um, mm-hmm. But did you, was there like fear behind like reaching out to these people and like sending emails or did you like think like, well, they're probably not going to email me back. Was there any thoughts on that (laughs) about that? Well, I think for me, I was like, well, the worst thing that can happen is they don't reply or they say, no, we're not interested right now. And I'm pretty sure I could live with either of those responses, right? Like it's whatever, (laughs) Mm -hmm. shoot my shot. Um, And I was thinking too, like, well, why not? You know, there are other people on these shows who are, you know, similar to me in a lot of ways or who are mission driven in a lot of ways. And why not? You know, like I know I, I love the bachelor. I can talk about that. I can talk about like real business stuff too. I can talk about female entrepreneurship. I can talk about a lot of different topics that would serve this audience. So I think for me, it was more about how can I serve? How can I, you know, get the word out, um, about what I'm up to because Mm. I'm really proud of it. And also it can help a lot of people. Mm. And also I just kind of felt like 
okay, so, you know, I'm not going to take it personally. If they say no, I'll just say, okay, great. (laughs) I'll recraft, I'll come up with new topic ideas and I'll send you an email in a few months and try again, or I'll reach out to a different platform or whatever. So, yeah. And I think right now also, so many people have started podcasts during the last two years of being in lockdown and are doing it more like less in person and more on zoom, like we are. And I've been doing it that way forever. And I think a lot of people who are more like in the professional podcast networks are a little bit more flexible now. So it's like, why not? You know, you can, you don't have to go to Nashville or wherever they record. You know, I was going to have to go to LA to be on Whitney's podcast, but then it was a pandemic. So like no one was traveling. She was doing everything on zoom and it made it even easier. So I think it's like, shoot your shot. The worst thing that can happen is someone says, we're not really interested in that right now, or it doesn't fit with what we're doing or sorry, try again. (laughs) You know, totally. And either way, I think that's taking a step forward and it's building confidence and momentum. And for me, it was like exciting and like in a scary kind of way, but I was like, it's done. Like it's out there. I sent the email. I feel good about the email I sent and we'll just see what happens now. Yeah. So good. Mm -hmm. Um, when you were working with Whitney, did it ever like cross your mind where like, Oh, what does she see and mean have, um, like imposter syndrome, like not feeling good enough, or is that something you have to deal with or not so much? I think in the beginning I felt like, okay, I really think I can help her. Yeah. You know? And I think with anything, if we lead with service, Mm. we get our ego out of the way and it's not about us. Like it's not about me as a coach or how good I am at what I do or whatever. It's about, can I serve this human in front of me? And no matter who they are, right? It doesn't, doesn't actually matter. Mm. A lot of times, you know, it, it might be more of a challenge to work with someone who has less of an audience or, you know, whatever. There are always different factors weighing into each woman's business. And also I know she's like anyone, right? Like she's a human, she's a mom, she's a business owner. I work with people like that all the time. (laughs) Um, So I knew that that was someone I could serve because I had done it before with people like her, whether it was this, you know, ego status thing or not. um, I think if we lead from service, we always have our heart in the right place and we can just focus on serving the individual in front of us, no matter what kind of clout or achievement or celebrity or whatever they might be holding. There's still a soul having human experience. There's still someone who struggles. There's still someone who needs support and guidance. And if, if we, any of us can provide that through what it is that we do well, then that's great. (laughs) It is so true. And I, everything you just said, I'm like, yes. And it is like, sometimes we do have to put our ego aside and it isn't about us. And it is about you know, if we can help somebody and if we can serve somebody and sometimes we put people that have a, um, more clout or, um, a certain number of followers on Instagram, like on this pedestal. And it's like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're just normal people. They have normal human experiences. They get nervous, they deal with things and they're just, they're just people. So, mm-hmm. um, I love that. That was, Oh, 
I I could relate to all the things that you were saying. And um, it's just so good. You guys, I wanted to interrupt this episode because tickets are officially on sale for the Become Your Vision Women's Conference on September 26th in Mount Pleasant in South Carolina at the Ion Meeting House, also known as the Ion Chapel. I will be speaking. I'll have a guest speaker. There can be giveaways, music, treats, workshops. The energy is high and you will be surrounded by like-minded women who want to better themselves. So when you leave my event, you're going to feel empowered to challenge your thoughts and your critical inner voice. You're going to know that you're not alone in the struggles that you face. You're going to experience breakthroughs through the workshops that I create. And you're going to feel so connected to yourself and the other women in that room because we are all so much alike in terms of the hardships we have faced and the struggles that we deal with every single day. It's our critical inner voice and it could be so mean sometimes. So like I said, I will be speaking. I'm going to share my story with you. We all have a story, so I'm going to share mine with you. I have a guest speaker. Her name is Elby Adams. She's a TEDx speaker. She was the TEDx MC. She's also an author. You are just going to get so much goodness from her talk. And then I'm going to have a special guest and I'm going to keep her a surprise, but she is a remarkable person, super inspiring, super inspiring. Uh, it's just going to be so good to listen to her. Tickets will go fast because people are needing connection again and wanting to experience life and to literally become the person that is their vision. That's the reason I created this podcast and these events. So I'm asking you, why not you and why not now? So before you talk yourself out of an opportunity that is literally knocking on your door, hear that? Yeah, that's me knocking. I want you to know that even if we've never met, we're friends. There's a reason you're listening to this episode. You need to be there. You do. So come by yourself or bring a friend or send someone you think that may need this. And just want to remind you that there's no need to be scared or nervous because you have friends in that room. You just haven't met them yet. And I want to meet you. I really do. So go to the link in my show notes to purchase your tickets. The event is September 26. You got to jump on this. You guys can't wait to see you there. Uh, how did you begin your journey of entrepreneurship? Yeah. So I guess this is a multi-layered mm. story and question that could be very, very long, but to keep it short, <laughs> of course. I think for me, I went to an all women's college, which really informed the way that I do my work now, which is really steeped in sisterhood and bringing women together in community and, um, I studied psychology and marketing and sustainable food systems. And I always knew and felt this calling that I knew I wanted to have a business someday. And I knew I wanted to create a lifestyle that had the freedom that being a, an entrepreneur or a business owner would provide. So I wanted unlimited income potential. I wanted to do something that felt really meaningful and, and like it was a contribution to the world. And I wanted to do work that was really fulfilling and fun for me and felt like an expression of who I'm here to be. And I wanted to help people. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I knew eventually I wanted to have a business and I saw my mom starting a business out of necessity when we were, when I was in 
junior high, I think she started cleaning houses because I got an invitation, um, to go on this trip to Europe with a group of students from our area called people to people. It's like a, a government program. I guess it's like a government sponsored kind of program of student ambassadors. And I can't remember like all the details of it. Um, but, but I got invited and she was like, you're going, we're going to figure out the money. We didn't have much at the time at all still don't really in my family of origin and um i remember we first we started it was like the best crash course in like how to fundraise and make money for something that's important to you right so like whether that's a business or an initiative that you believe in so we sat down at the table we wrote all of these letters to um everyone we knew and we sealed them and we mailed them and we signed them and all the things just asking for like donations, even if it was like 10 bucks that people could give to sponsor me going on this trip. And, you know, our family felt like it was a really important thing for me to do. I've always felt like I wanted to travel and see the world. And that was something we all really valued. Um, and no one in my family got to do that before me. So it felt like a really important thing. And then also she and I started cleaning houses together to make up the rest of the money to be able to go on this trip and, um, to be able to have some spending money when I was there to support, like, you know, getting gelato in Italy and that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, so we did that and then she's just, kind of kept doing that. So it became a way of her earning some extra money as well. And I can't remember if she was working full-time at the time. I had two younger brothers. I still have them, (laughs) but at the time they were really young, they were little. So, um, you know, she was doing this cleaning houses thing, which then evolved into more of like professional organizing, home staging, and just like has evolved throughout the years. So I watched her starting this business and we were creating a logo and like doing all of these things when I was in college. And also I was taking business classes in college. I knew I wanted to do something someday. I didn't know what it would be. I thought maybe like a brick and mortar holistic health center or something um, because I was really interested in nutrition and well-being and holistic health and organic food and psychology and all of these things. And I was like, if I could put them all together, that would be ideal. And (laughs) I also, in my psychology classes, wasn't finding quite like what I actually felt psychology was because I was always reading books about spirituality as a kid, which is weird, and like business and entrepreneurship and kids starting businesses and all of this stuff. So I was like training for a long time without consciously knowing it, just the things that would fall off the shelf for me or that I was gravitating toward were all in this topic area. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to find like through electives in psychology, like what kind of psychology am I interested in? Mm -hmm. And my original plan was to do a three, two program and get my master's in counseling right away. So like go straight through undergrad and grad school. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of my professors who taught an elective in positive psychology, who was like my favorite professor, um, we kind of sat down and talked together because he was also more of an advisor for me. Um, and I was like, this is what I want to do. Like I found the thing like positive psychology is what I want to do. And he was like, well, you probably don't want to get a master's in counseling then. Cause that's not what you're going to be doing. You can either do research or coaching, which is a more applied version of this. And I was like, 
what does that look like? Like, what do I do now? Because my whole plan is wrecked. And he was like, well, there's not really like, you don't go get a master's in coaching. It's kind of unregulated. And I was like, "Uh Oh, this sounds like a wild west of what the hell am I doing? Right. And not to mention now I was graduating two years earlier than planned because I was on an accelerated track. So I was like, crap, what do I do? You know? And I was like, I guess I'll do this coaching thing. That sounds like exactly what I want to be doing. But within that, what do I want to do? Do I want to focus on health coaching? And that felt a little too narrow to me, even though it was my area of interest. Mm. Um, I knew I wanted to help people with more than just what to eat and how to move and those kinds of things. Um, So I ended up weirdly like working for a magazine publishing company that I got hired at that I was interning for in Pittsburgh where I was living and going to school at the time and through that experience met and worked with a ton of local entrepreneurs I was always you know I was doing like ad sales and event planning and connecting with them and hearing their stories and listening and kind of being a liaison between them and their ideal clients through the magazine and our team in-house to like design their brand and tell their story and do ads for them and weave them in where it made sense and get them in front of the right people. Mm -hmm. So I started to also connect the dots when I was having conversations with them about like, oh, these are the things going through an entrepreneur's head because they're there are so many common things that we are all struggling with all the time that we bump up against as we're on an entrepreneurial path that just don't happen in conventional, like straight and narrow corporate job path. Um, And so I started to actually offer that, like I was kind of coaching them by accident because of what I had gathered through my, my education and just things I had learned on my own. And I had also like interned for two entrepreneurs and was doing marketing plans for them. And like, I was just doing all of these random things that I was like, I don't know how this all fits together. I was also in a business incubator in Pittsburgh, which now looking back, I'm like, how did that happen? Like, there is no reason that this business concept should have gotten into this incubator. Um, But an ex-boyfriend and I were like, we're going to make a sustainable restaurant that's based on aquaponics. And we're going to, um, you know, build this menu and do this whole thing it kind of fell apart obviously but never happened but it was a really cool idea and we wrote a business plan and we're in this incubator and learned all this stuff and like what's it aquaponics is like um this closed loop system that's basically like hydroponic growing of plants and things Mm. um but you're recycling so you use fish and plants so the fish are eating the like off I don't exactly know exactly how all of it works at the moment. (laughs) I probably could have told you this like seven years ago, Um, but but basically like the fish and the plants are working in this symbiotic way to provide nutrients and consume nutrients from one another. Mm. So you can grow these incredible plants and amazing veggies and stuff indoors in this closed loop system. And you can also have amazing fish that are well-nourished and sustainable. Um, so we were, the idea was that we would serve like fish centric and veggie centric 
plates on our menu so that it would all be sourced from within the restaurant itself from this like sustainable growing practice that was happening. So So interesting. Yeah. It was a cool idea. No one has done it yet. So I'm like anyone out there (laughs) (laughs) in my head, I'm like thinking of these like fish and plants in an aquarium and then, uh-huh. <laughs> and then my brain stops there and like <laughs> servers are going up to this aquarium and like getting like kind of. food and it, like the fish out of this. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but <laughs> sort of, yes. Like, like, <laughs> like sort of a um, red lobster where you have the lobster tank kind yes. of like that, but on a more like on a bigger scale and um, but similar concept, but then you'd have like plants growing on top of that tank. Okay. That would be like lettuce and cucumbers and all of the things that would create a meal. It was, it was a very, I think it was a little ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to Google (laughs) any of this or this, I mean, Google the word aquaponics after this as well. (laughs) Please do. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we, you know, I had had all of these different varied experiences, all kind of leading me back to coaching. And I was working full time, I was planning a yoga festival. I was doing all this stuff at this company that I was working for the magazine. And I was sort of like, okay, this is fun and cool, but like, this isn't what I'm here to do on the planet for forever. So what do I want? And then I started to look back into coaching and I found a certification program that was a year long. And I started doing that and, um, started putting it out there that I was coaching and available to work with people in, I think the second month of the training, because we were allowed to, to do that as soon as we felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I had two clients right away and started building it while I was like completely over burdened and overachieving in my day job yeah. and started to try to figure out like, how could I make this really sustainable for myself? How do I not burn out trying to do all of the things right now? Right. Um, what is essential? What do I actually want? What do I actually need? How do I make all this work? How do I make more money? Like all of the things, mm-hmm. all of the questions we all have in the beginning. Yeah. And you know, it evolved from there and just started to grow relatively steadily, but slowly. And in December of 2014, which was like almost a year after I started that training program, I left my full-time job, pieced together a couple part-time gigs while I built the rest of my coaching business to a point where it was more sustainable and then started really attracting women who were interested in starting businesses or doing something different with their lives or creating something unconventional or maybe becoming a coach or doing something non-traditional that would create more freedom of expression, more freedom of time and energy and money for them. And it just sort of evolved from there. And at the time I was marketing myself as a life and leadership coach for women and everyone who came to me was either already an entrepreneur or wanted to be one. So quickly it started to become something a little bit different than what I had imagined initially, because we would end up talking about marketing plans and other things that I had experience with and was learning myself or had learned myself about building a website and creating messaging that really stuck with people and attracting clients and all of that. Um, 
And then it sort of evolved to more of what I do now, which is more of like a soulful business coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, now I, I work with women entrepreneurs to launch, grow and scale the businesses that their souls came here to create and do things in a way that's really sustainable for them. And um, I have a mastermind program for next year that's pre-enrolling and lots of fun things, retreats, as you know. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Going back to one of the things that you said is um, uh, positive psychology. Mm-hmm. What can you talk about that? What is that? Because that's a term I've yeah. never heard before. Yeah. So positive psychology is a relatively newer, like subfield of psychology as a whole. And what it does is it looks at the other side of the psychological spectrum. So if we think about mental health as um, sort of a spectrum where the midpoint is like neutral and surviving, Mm -hmm. most traditional psychology looks at the lower end of the spectrum. It looks at dysfunction, disease, it looks at um, disorders, right? And how do we bring someone who is really struggling with something that can be diagnosed in the DSM, which is like the diagnostic diagnostic statistical manual of all of the potential psychological disorders. How do we bring someone with a diagnosis to a point of functioning and neutral so that they can like survive in the world and not be really struggling. Right. And what positive psychology does is it looks at the other end of the spectrum. So it looks like, how do we take someone from a point of neutral to a point of truly thriving, not just surviving, but like truly thriving, living a fulfilling life getting the most out of their life experience, um, things like grit, things like cultivating authenticity, things like, um, how much, um, like what our, our, our values are and what our strengths are and mm-hmm. looking at some of those like bigger picture, more existential questions of how do we live a fulfilling, thriving life? Mm-hmm. That's what positive psychology studies and looks at. So it's more of an empirical way of looking at happiness and joy and well being. Mm. And it's a field like um, a sub subfield, maybe we would call it, of, of psychology. Yeah. Uh, and the thing that makes it different from like, just personal development is that it's empirical. So it's evidence-based, it's research-based, and it can be measured, quantified, studied. And um, yeah, so I I also have done a, 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 like a certificate in positive psychology through the University of Pennsylvania with the father of positive psychology, they call him Martin Seligman, who sort of founded the field of positive psychology, I believe in the 1990s. Mm. So it's, it's relatively new when we're thinking about like Freud and Jung right. and all of those yeah. psychologists from back in, I don't even know when, <laughs> early 1900s, say, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say 1950s, but I, that could have been way before. <laughs> you, you could be right. I don't no know. Idea. I don't remember that fact from. Yeah. <laughs> I know it was like black and white. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes, black exactly. and white times. Yeah. And mouse, yes. mice, I think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All of the things, you know. All of the things. Mice were All involved, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, that, I think that's so beautiful. Now, a lot of my, um, 
listeners aren't, there are about a, you know, a handful that aren't, um, business owners. And when I kind of came on this journey of like discovering myself and what makes me tick, um, running my own business was something I, I didn't even process, didn't even think about, um, what would you say to the woman that has kind of like be, uh, is on this journey of like discovering themselves and, you know, putting a lot of self-work in to ignite the possibility that they could totally run a business, um, and create a business if they choose to. Mm. Yeah. I love this question because I often say that your business growth won't outpace your personal growth mm. and it's truly like I see entrepreneurship as such a personal development journey. Totally. And sometimes, sometimes that starts, that personal development journey begins before we even know that a business is in the cards for us or that yeah. leadership is in the cards for us. Right. And we start to understand how our behavior or how our choices influence our results, how they influence those around us, how we like understanding our own potential as a limitless co-creator of our experience. Right. So I think, you know, in so many ways, I like to think about entrepreneurship as a personal development journey, because it is so personal. Mm. There's so much that we have to overcome internally to even get to the point where we can have the mental clarity or the vision where we're, we've unblocked enough, where we've like peeled back enough layers to be able to free our minds, to be able to see the possibility, to be able to then act upon it in any way. And so I think a lot of times for, for certain people, right? Entrepreneurship is a choice that brings us closer to who we truly authentically are here to be. Mm. And sometimes that doesn't require a business, but, but you are, in some way, if you are on a personal development track, then you are likely a leader of something. Mm. Even if that's just recognizing your own capacity to lead your own life and to be um, really taking your power back from all the places you may have given it away or places it's leaked out over mm. time and reclaiming that to be a leader of your own life experience and to create a world that you want to live in. Yeah. And that could look like volunteering. That could look like raising amazing kids. That could look like having the best possible marriage you can. Could look like living your life really fully. Mm. And I think within those experiences where we are making self-honoring choices like that, we start to unveil or uncover more of what it is that we desire, more of what kind of world we want to live in, more of what our impact could be. And so then we start to make other choices from that place where we can see beyond. It's almost like you've, you've climbed a certain mountaintop. You've climbed up a mountain to a mountaintop. And from that vantage point, you can see that there's so much more available. And so whether that looks like a business or whether that looks like starting a nonprofit or whether that looks like volunteering in your community or whether that looks like whatever it looks like. Yeah. I think it's so important that we do that in our work. And also that we, you know, I think 
entrepreneurship is such a, a feat of human spirit <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that like, it really takes so much to keep going in the hard times when you're faced with challenges, when you're faced with all the uncertainties that come up, when you're asked to prioritize the things that seem really hard to prioritize in the moment or when there's yeah. a lot of resistance. So I think that there's a lot that can be learned through that path also that, that benefits anyone yeah. because it's, you know, whether you're looking at a really incredible athlete or someone who's achieved greatness in another way that you admire and aspire to yourself, yeah. there's always some kind of seed of like, oh, well, when I hear someone else's story about doing that really hard thing, it kind of, it, it opens me up to think, oh, well, if maybe that's a possibility for me, right? right. Like, that might be available to me. And I didn't even think that that was available to me before. Yeah. Um, planting that, that fully answers your question. Totally, no, it does. <laughs> planting that yeah. seed because it's like, mm-hmm. you have to plant that seed, you know, at some point and, um, whether, you know, if you're listening to the show, you are a leader in some kind, whether it's a leader mm-hmm. of your, your household and you have to get your kids ready and, you know, you have to make sure there's groceries in the house, or maybe it's a leader at work, or you're, you're the friend that coordinates everybody else. You get them there on time. You are the driver. You mm-hmm. are, you, um, make sure you, everybody feels comfortable. If you're listening to the show, this episode, it there's something inside you. There's a spark. There's, there's something here that you're like, Hmm. Hmm. And maybe not now, maybe it's in a couple of years, but you might want to unleash that person. And maybe, um, entrepreneurship, I feel like it's such a, like a fancy word. Sometimes we make it this bigger deal than it actually is. Like mm-hmm. we see people on shark take and funding and, you know, all these things yeah. and, it's really not, it's like, um, it's a creative process. Like that's, it's an outlet. That's how I, Mm -hmm. I view it is it's just like, it gives you that opportunity to be creative and to create things that maybe don't exist. And you're, you exist, are you creating something doesn't have to be like, um, you know, reinventing the wheel. If you create it, that is something new because it hasn't been created by, by you specifically. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I love, uh, your explanation there. I know you have another call here, so I'm trying to get, um, as many questions in as we can, yeah. but you talk about sustainability and when we hear the word running a business or, um, that's not a word that's multiple words <laughs> where we hear <laughs> entrepreneurship, we think of hustle. This is a time mm-hmm. of like hustle and grind and grit. And, um, but there, that leads to a lot of, um, burnout. How do you support these women that have their own businesses and who need, that space to gather themselves again, to continue this journey of entrepreneurship? How do you support them? And also how do you support yourself Mm -hmm. on that journey? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a doozy because, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, we, we are inundated with this messaging from all directions that to hustle is to be successful and you must work really hard. And exactly what that means to work hard is to be grinding and to be burning the candle at both ends and exhausting yourself and giving up yourself in order to create something worthwhile. And I think we've got it so backwards in that way. And 
actually like what you said about it being a creative process, I think is so spot on. And part of the solution when we think about creating a more sustainable business is mm-hmm. how can we operate in cycles? How can we remember that there are, there's a rhythm and a season for everything. Mm-hmm. And that creative process, like when we look at it in nature, right, we have spring, summer, fall, winter, mm-hmm. same thing in our businesses. It doesn't always have to follow the actual season that is happening outside of us, but it's, there are seasons in our businesses. There are rhythms, there are seasons and rhythms in our bodies, right? Especially as women, we have a 30, 28 day to 30 day cycle every single month. It (laughs) reminds us every 28 days. I know, (laughs) I know, but there is this process, right. Of like birth, death, rebirth, right harvest, all of it. It's all happening within us and it's all happening around us. And if we pay attention to the lessons of each of those different phases, we understand that there is a time for everything. There is more than enough time and energy to get everything done. And it creates a, a sense of more spaciousness and abundance to view our time in that way and to view our energy in that way. Mm. And something that I help my clients do all the time is I'm always reminding them that it's okay to rest. It's okay to slow down, not forever, Mm -hmm. but like for right now, when you need it, when your body is speaking to you in that way, listen and give her that. Mm -hmm. And if something is not working and you keep trying to push it out there and push it out there and push it out there, I think of it like childbirth, right? Like I think of it like pregnancy and childbirth. If you were to start pushing the second month, you're pregnant that would be a complete ridiculous waste of energy, right? There's like so many other things you need to be doing during that time to get ready mm-hmm. that to spend nine months trying to push a baby out when it's not fully formed is a complete waste of energy. And you're going to feel like you're failing. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like, where's the baby? Yeah. It's, it's not ready yet. There's other right. things that have to happen in this time period. Right. So if we can surrender to that creative process a little bit more, mm-hmm. we can find so much more peace. We can, we can understand understand that our energy isn't meant to be so forceful and pushing and outward all the time, right. In the same exact way Mm -hmm. for the whole creative process, there are actually really necessary times where we have to go within, where we have to get prepared, where we have to shift our mindset, where we have to make space, where we have to set up the structures, where we have to make the plan, where we have to do all these other things that would be such a better use of our time and energy than Mm. trying to push out a a not formed baby yet, right? Like in month two. So if we can think of it like that, and also remember that there are cycles and phases in every creative process and that death is part of that cycle or, you know, letting go is part of that cycle or, um, yeah, breaks and rest and time to like come back in and go internal so that we can create that like fertile void where there is space, there is energy, there is rejuvenation happening. Mm. And there's, there are things taking root below the surface that we can't quite see, you know, Mm. um, that that is a really healthy way to approach a business or really anything in your life is to recognize that, that it's cyclical. It's not so linear. It doesn't look the same every day and a creative process, right? When we think about a more feminine approach, when we think about mother earth, or when we think about a woman's menstrual cycle or pregnancy or something that's a more innately feminine creative process, it's all rhythmic. It's all cyclical and it's all 
got these four distinct phases, um, even the phases of the moon, right? Like all of that is changing all the time. Mm. And for men or a more masculine model, which is what our society is built upon is everything like consistency means everything looks the same every single day, day in and day out. And Mm. it's always the same. And you have this like peak of energy midday and in the morning you're ramping up and in the evening you're winding down. Right. It looks the same every day. And that's not true for us as women. (laughs) So our consistency looks very different than a more masculine form of consistency. And I think people get really tripped up about being consistent and showing up and doing the things right? because they're, we're so conditioned in our society because this is the, the patriarchal sort of like conditioned model Mm -hmm. is that it, consistency means doing the exact same thing every single day, the exact same way. And it all has to be uniform and linear when really what's much more liberating and much more energetically aligned is like a more cyclical rhythmic approach where things might look different day to day, but on a global, like if we zoom the lens out more, we can see that there are patterns that are happening Mm-hmm. And there is consistency on a, on a larger scale of a month to month or a week to week or something. Right. Yeah, totally. And what you're saying, um, it doesn't have to just be, um, applied to entrepreneurship. I know a lot of listeners are on mm-hmm. this like fitness journey and they think, you know, I'm supposed to be motivated all the time. And I'm such yeah. a failure when I, um, quote unquote, get off the wagon. And it's all this, mm-hmm. it's this cycle or hormones causing that is stress is, you know, all the things, your lifestyle, um, COVID like it's, <laughs> so many know, layers right now, so yeah. many layers. Um, oh my gosh. So we have two minutes and I don't, um, I feel like I can talk to you all day and I feel like you're going to have to like, come on, um, again, but I want to make <laughs> yeah, sure we can that your, um, you get to your client where can, so you have, um, real quick where your retreats masterminds, where can people fi- uh, find you? Yeah. I'm most active on Instagram. So you can okay. find me there at Emily Castle official. Um, everything is on my website as well. If you're curious about working together or attending an upcoming retreat, I have one coming up here in Charleston, October 15th through 17th of this year. Um, and all the info about that is on my website at emilycastle.com. And then I have a new podcast coming out soon, um, called like nobody's business, which I'm super excited about. Um, I also have a podcast that you can find on my website, which was previously called sexy, soulful success and has years of content to dig into. If you're interested in hearing from other entrepreneurs and about entrepreneurship. Um, It's a great spot to find more resources and tools and things to get into that entrepreneurial zone. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. And I will link all of that stuff um, in the show notes. I just want to say like, thank you. I feel like as this journey that I'm on and this, we we talked about this prior to the show starting, like event planning and everything, like I found it so insightful and um, I know the listeners will too. And I just appreciate you for being here and your time and your energy. And um, hopefully we can meet in person soon. Yes, please. That would be so great. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. I'd love to come back for a part two or part a different two. topic with you too. Yes. <laughs> so we can continue. To be continued. Definitely. You guys, if you love the show, make sure you take a screenshot and tag Emily, uh, Emily Castle official 
uh, and myself and uh, leave a review because reviews matter. Uh, and remember, <laughs> you guys, you you got this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, make sure you are subscribed so you know when more episodes come available. My goal is to inspire others to become their vision. And one way to get the word out is with reviews. I would really appreciate it if you left an honest review on iTunes and it would mean so much to me. Thanks again. And remember to go after the life you want. Bye guys. Bye.